Especially the lawnmower trimmer 4.0. Wow, I need to check that out. I think you should. And with our code, wrapping order 20, you can get 20% off. Wow, Reg, thanks for that. My girl's gonna be so happy. Smooth as eggs. And welcome to another episode of Wrapping Order. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Torian V. We got that Avilas guy joining us. Yo, yo. And today we're getting into a very monumental album this is actually gentlemen this is our 150th episode oh shit. so that deserves one applause 50 buck 50 and we ain't someone to cut across your face yes so uh so yeah we've we've gone through a lot of monumental albums on this we've gone through some albums that we didn't necessarily like we've gotten blocked by some artists in the past oh lloyd banks what up we've uh you know we've been we've been through the ringer with some of these albums like we that we've just listened to just off the strength of just really just being good friends because somebody just champions an album. Yeah. We get to it, we trash it, and or we love it. That's how it goes. But today, we're getting into My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. It's the fifth studio album from Kanye West. It was released in 2010, um, November 2010, around this time, actually. Um, we had production from No ID. You had Mike Dean. You had Bink. You had RZA. Uh... DJ DJ Frank E, Kanye, of course. Ryan a lot. Leslie. Huh? Didn't Ryan Leslie have no, something? No, on that's there? on the Good Friday. Let, the good Friday. Let, let, Fred, let, let Reg run through the yeah, stuff first. So uh, so there's a lot of lore around this album. Um, you know, of course we had the the lead with the Good Friday um releases that came out, right? That made this album all the more sweeter. Um and then of course the success of this album, everything around this album, Kanye uh, had his break because um, he went through the whole media circus with the Taylor Swift thing. Took some time off. Was it Paris? I always mix so that he, up. He went to Rome. Rome, and then from Rome he went to he went to Paris. Yes, and he worked and he worked at Fendi as yeah. an intern mm-hmm. and learned how to make fabric and learn and learn how to sew and make clothes and everything. Like yeah, that. as a way to kind of humble himself and just get off the grid. I think I read. Was a double XL that he uh, disclosed that um, that most Dev actually advised him to get out of the um, out of, the, out of country. the country. Yeah. So original. I'm sorry. He went to Japan. Okay. He went to Japan because there's no paparazzi. Okay. And then from Japan he went to Rome. Okay. There you go. So then yep. he so he went off the grid. Grid grid grid. Um, and he went. Kind of squared itself away, got creative afterwards, I think, because this album was mostly created in Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, he, he flew some tweets. people out. Flew some people out. What, what Wale tweets? The Wale was asking to get uh, invited to the session and uh, wasn't. Oh. Yeah, so he went to, um, let me make sure I pronounce this right. I'm not going to pronounce it right. It starts with an O, though. Uh, Anuha, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm pronouncing it right. That's where he went, but that was also where he like uh, recorded some of Eight Away Some Heartbreaks. So it was familiar. Yeah. It was familiar to him, but I'll let you take it and then just bring it back to me. So I yeah, can yeah. Well, so I was already just getting to his creative process in Hawaii. Anyway, okay. I just remember uh, 
uh, Noah Callahan, um, really excellent writer at the time for Complex, who is at Def Jam now, I think. But um, he documented this whole process with Kanye because he flew out to Hawaii with him and he... uh, he documented the whole process. I remember the photo that he took of like the rules that Kanye had on the um on the wall that like no tweets, no photos, no mm-hmm. this, no that. Like he had all these rules out on the on the thing and it was it was kind of a way to disconnect before we even really resonated with what disconnecting was with social media cuz it wasn't really at the height of social media. Um I just remember him reemerging with like wearing suits and like he Rose just had yeah, ro- Rosewood, right? Mm-hmm. Rosewood era was like amazing to me because obviously for me it was a surgence of uh, of Big Sean. He had like mm-hmm. a he had like a really monumental time in this era um with that with that BET cipher. Um but all of, like just the air around Kanye he seemed lighter. He seemed more in tune. Um he premiered some of the records on at Facebook headquarters. He mm-hmm. went up there, he performed on the table. Um, that was the Def Jam where everybody had to come with the suit era too, right? Yeah, no. Around That's this era, he just said. yeah, he just was wearing a suit. He was popping up. He was going to High ninety seven with Pusha. Yeah, with Pusha. Um, yeah, it was like a lot of lore around this album, and of course, Good Fridays was like a thing. That's actually around when I met these guys, like Eli, Torian. When, this is literally the year we met. Yeah, um, we would be in there, like literally on closing shifts, like looking at the watch, like yo. Good Friday is dropping tonight. Like, it hasn't dropped yet. And I remember he dropped uh, Looking for Trouble with Cole. He was waiting on Cole's verse. Is this the first um, drop for an album that, like, for hip-hop-wise, that I feel like kind of the most more inclusive of, person of like, understanding, oh, no, you can go here to go hear this or that to hear this and the rolling out that I feel like everybody in the country was consciously going with at the time? Like, because we had the rollout of every Friday and I feel like that was the talk every Friday every Saturday it was like yo some people weren't heading out of their house before they could hear the Good Friday drop Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like this was the first like hip hop moment of us hearing something in the making and I think that developed into Kanye's way of dropping things and what's eventually come into his live album that's a good that's actually a good point out because the way and some people think it's uh Kanye to a fault like he listens to the public because he would like he still to this day like combs through forums to see if people like mm-hmm. certain shit in his music and he'll take what they're saying and then like kind of tweak it into the songs that that are on there because I saw a lot of that criticism around Donda right um so like you touched on um the Good Fridays was a big deal right so I think everybody has a the biggest thing for me is everybody has a moment of when the first time they heard this album is completion. Mm-hmm. They were either in the car, they either heard it on, you know, on they downloaded on that on off of uh, Kazaa or one of those LimeWire, whatever was still up at that time, or they actually bought the physical copy and like heard this album for the first time, right? Um, and my thing is is just that like Fashion Night Out during Fashion Week. And seeing because Kanye West, where we worked at in Soho, me and Rez worked at in Soho. Kanye West lived up the block, and Eli, Eli, cameraman, shout out to Eli. We would see Kanye West walking around, you know, working out. Would prior to this, we we saw him working out in Soho constantly before the Glow in the Dark tour, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to see like him randomly in Soho, it was kind of dope. And then during Fashion Night Out, I think that was just like the. 
the the apex of that and then you know we we don't have fashion night out anymore because yeah. it was it was just too much right mm-hmm. so hearing hearing that album and then having all of this going on think about it like from the whole summer he gave us what he he gave us what 14 songs on good fridays he damn near yeah. And then think about the songs That didn't make this album That's another thing That I wanted to touch on I'm, I'm kind of getting All over the place right But let's think about this He was going in one direction Because the album This was After after he pushed back Good Ass Job For 808s and Heartbreaks This album was supposed To be Good Ass Job mm-hmm. But He was in a darker place And the song and the, and the strings And songs that he was Trying to like make Were darker Because Q-Tip Pete Rock and DJ Premier did many tracks for this album. Mm-hmm. And the one song that Q-Tip was like really pissed off that, well not pissed off, but disappointed that Kanye then put out was um, Mama's Boyfriend. Oh yeah. All yeah. right, you niggas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, like that shit Mama's was so, boyfriend. it was hearing so uncomfortable that, seeing him perform that. that. Just like... at, it was so uncomfortable watching him perform that at, at Facebook headquarters for all those white people in a suit in front of it. Like it was just hilarious, right? So, as as time was going on, we kind of it was kind of like we we were able to see this album be created, and that's what I thought was really cool about it, right? So then, like when we hear all the stories about what was going on in Hawaii and all the people that like just passed through, mm-hmm. like he was just inviting. It, it was so like I want to make sure I pronounce this right. Yeah, I know I have a problem. Communitive, there you go, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what the RZA and Pete Rock described, and like they were shocked that he is so so humble. Yeah, because they said they they were describing what was going on, and they were saying how like you know basically the 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 day would start with them waking up eating breakfast, and then they would just talk about the day before. They would talk about what they want to do in the future, and they would talk about the present, right? Mm-hmm. So then after breakfast, they would go and play basketball or go and do things. You know, Cuddy would go and meditate. Um, you know, Common uh, would be back and forth. Whoever was there would come and do their thing. Some different people in the writing rooms, and Pete Rock said that like he wanted to like test Jay, so like he would like give him samples and see like what he can chop up out of it. The RZA said that like he would just like give him like impossible things to do or like challenges and see like what Kanye can do with that. And then there was an interview where Big Sean said that like they will be he will get frustrated because they will be in the room working on a song and then Kanye would like like. In the recording room and like room number two, he would hear like something going on and then Kanye would like leave and then start focusing on that. And they mm-hmm. said it was like Kanye was kind of like on some Dr. Manhattan shit where he's in one place and then like he has out of body experiences and, and leaves them, right? Yeah. So when I think about this project, the one thing that I think about is all of the songs that were left off this album and then like some of them that got placed other places. Like mm-hmm. Pete Rock's The Joy, it got put on Watch the Throne. Yeah. Right, um, all of the Pete Rock music, all the music that he got with DJ Premier, we've never heard. Mm-hmm. Right, and and some of those like we heard Mama's Boyfriend with Q-Tip, but like it's just what he was able to do. And before, because of being along with it, before I get, I just want to get my last thing out that this project, right, is Kanye's love song to Wu Tang. I can understand that completely. Yeah, a lot of it's, the, it's, a lot I'm of sorry, the not love song, his love letter. His it's his love letter to the RZA. To the I can get yeah. I, I can understand that from the the sample usage to the growth to the the dynamics that Wu Tang had from that original fucking inception, and it's something that now I can accept after hearing um, or actually watching the Wu Tang show. Mm-hmm. But a big thing of this album too was like I feel like this album never got the flowers it deserved because it got stepped on by Watch the Throne slightly 
Nah, I don't think so at all. Nah. Hell no. This I album, know. I feel nah. like over time we've been been able to accept it, but in the moment, I feel like in the t- exact time when Watch the Throne came out in such close proximity, I think a lot of people had a hard time understanding how amazing this album was. I don't agree and with I that. I feel like a lot of people I speak to now understand it more and accept this album more than they did at the time. Because I, I just think there were a lot of people who were just blindsided by Jay all of a sudden coming out in the, such the time period in which it came at. No, nah, I don't think so. I actually think it was like perfect timing because him and Con- him and Jay were in like such like a they were in a they rhythm. were in such a good place. they was they were in a good such good sync right like at that time like they were inseparable they were like brothers like with like Kanye was calling Beyonce his little sister and like they were like really moving like family right mm-hmm. so let's think about this he does MTV awards. This is his first, and and like later that 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 following year after the Taylor Swift um, incident, right? So he does that, mind you. He had to cancel the tour that he was supposed to go on with, with Lady, Lady Gaga, Gaga. right? Mm-hmm. And that that atrocious like poster of him looking like King Kong carrying a white woman, <laughs> I hated that shit. But so he didn't get to go. He he didn't go on tour for My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. His tour for My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was the Watch the Throne tour, right? But he went to every festival. So after the MTV Awards, he goes to Coachella. He goes He goes to South by Southwest. Like, he is at all of these... He's at all of these festivals, and he's performing. And he's literally saying, like, this album saved my life. And it's funny because he said the same thing about College Dropout, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was laser-focused because he knew that he had something to prove. He was like, all right, um, I have to give the most hip-hop epic over the top album as possible and everyone when they interviewed him says that Kanye was like laser focused that he was in a different kind of zone and that he was like kind of like a maniac because he wasn't even sleeping they said that like basically he would take power naps that he would like start working at, like he would already be up in the day because he's eating breakfast playing basketball but like at 4pm is when they went to the studio to start like recording and working they wouldn't go to sleep till 4am and then Kanye was already back up by like 8 so he was only sleeping like in 4 hour intervals and I just think like that's like something that um really speaks to like what he was trying to do like he knew that alright cool like I got I, I've achieved all of this and I kind of spit on America's sweetheart and um, well, back then there wasn't the term, but like he was canceled. Like nobody wanted to touch him. Yeah. Remember, Barack Obama called him a jackass. Yeah, the president yeah. of the United States. And then you got to remember, like Kanye and, and him, they're from Chicago. So like, mm-hmm. I know like Kanye's vendetta with him is very like stupid and petty, right? But think about like somebody that you feel like is like can relate to you more than anyone in the in the world, right? They're the leader of the free world, and they call you an idiot. And Kanye is basically saying. I'm just standing up for fucking Beyonce, who, the the woman who your wife like professes and loves and, and calls all the time to work on stuff for yeah. the country. Yeah, you know, in his mind, so he's like, "Yo, the fuck." <laughs> you um, know, in 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 hindsight, for you pointing that out, that may add to the whole um, why I kind of feel like uh, Watch the Throne came and took attention away because he already had these things going on, and he was already being. Um, I guess uh, villainized. You're not going to let it go, and I, 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 I'm gonna respect it. I'm no, just, I'm I, just, gonna, I just, I just <laughs> feel like that. I feel like Watch the Throne came in, and everybody, a lot of people, forgot about what was going on with my beautiful Dark Days of Fantasy. 
at the time. Like I've I feel never, like, well, I'll say this: I've never heard criticism of my beautiful dark was fancy. No, I've absolutely heard not, criticism of Watch the Throne. Okay, I don't, I, and that's where I think we're we're missing a point. It wasn't criticism of it. I think it was overlooked because Watch the Throne came out, and I feel like my a lot of people Dark didn't fantasy also sold more albums. Okay, so then we're we're okay. I'm just saying, like you're saying that it's overlooked. Well, I'm just trying to. Well, okay, so classic off Well, okay, so I'll say this. So my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was automatically praised when it came out, right? Mm-hmm. Not a year later in August. I, it I wasn't even it was, a full year. 2011. It wasn't even a full year. Not even a full year. 2011. But while my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, while he was promoting that, he was on this stream of consciousness of like and creativity. Where I remember him tweeting about like, oh, me and Hov dropping something soon. It's an EP. It's called Watch the Throne. Like he just tweeted that out, all in the midst of still promoting this. But the focus never wavered from this because he had that. He had Good Fridays propelling this too. I guess yes, big big I, big, fr- and that's also well to go back to what I said before about how we in live just dealing with hip hop albums at the time is one of the most, you know, inclusive ways at the time mm-hmm. to make us all feel part of it. I kind of felt like once Watch the Throne came, then we got the whole everybody talking about Watch the Throne being everywhere. Yeah. And like it, Well, because yeah, you had I you, guess you you're probably also, saying also that because at, Watch the at, Throne had a tour. Look at the time yeah, I was going to say and now I'm realizing that it's look at the time we're at. It's look at the time we used to have to let albums breathe and relax. It's also a time where streaming's not a thing like that. We're still in the internet blog era where things are just being put front. So I guess that's a big thing for me is understanding that that's a change of guard at that time for the way music is digested. And it's because that came so quickly. We're used to hearing albums at that time and being let albums ride for like a year or two. Artists used to tour albums for two or three years. Yeah, yeah. So I think but at I don't that get, time, so I don't I get how that I don't get how that correlates with your point that it was overlooked with two thousand. No, no. I, I guess I'm coming to the realization it was just the changing of times mm-hmm. and things being processed quicker because yeah. that's how things were being created and mm-hmm. that's where technology was going. Okay. Because at the time, I feel like two thousand eight, I was still in that mentality that albums need time to breathe. This was twenty ten. This was 2010? I mm-hmm. thought 28 was... No, 2008 was, was the previous album that we did. This album came out in 2010. Mm-hmm. And 2010. Reg, and watch I want to talk about the Grammys. Yeah, well, that's okay. still post so, the fucking internet era coming in to play. So I want to talk about the, the, the Grammys, right? So with this project, it was because of the time that it was released, it couldn't have been in the 2010 Grammys um, nominations, right? But... And that, I think that was a, a total overlook, right? Because he definitely should have won Album of the Year that year, mm-hmm. in 2010, right? Mm-hmm. So then they put him in the 2011 Grammys, and they wound up screwing him again because he's up against Adele, mm-hmm. <coughs> who had 21, right? Yeah. So it was just like, it, there was, I, I don't give a fuck if, I don't think Michael Jackson's Thriller could have beat Adele's 21 at the Grammys for Album of the Year, right? So then he loses out again, but they give him, you know, Best Rap Album, and everything like that, and that's kind of like what he beefs about. Yeah, is that like they just you know like the like the best rap album is like the nigga hair award, mm-hmm. right? So for me, my thing is is like yeah, but I don't I don't necessarily agree with that con with that concept either. Like it's a rap out, al- it's a hip hop album. It is a hip hop album, but what I'm saying is is that whenever like it comes to album of the year, because there's so many people in the music industry that don't feel like. Uh, 
rap music is real music. Like, uh, I, I, I'll give you a prime example. Um, hopefully, I don't get in trouble for this. Where I work at, the, there is a, a prominent person in the music industry at, at my building that I work at, right? I'm a doorman. Him and his wife do not think that rap music is real music till this day, mm-hmm. right? Like, they don't, like, you know, and sometimes, like, uh, we'll have conversations about music, and I purposely don't even bring up hip-hop because, like, I get, I get annoyed and I don't want to, like, call them fucking crackers. So, I just avoid it and I talk to them about something else. Like, they, like, we both love Tame Impala, so we talk about Tame Impala, we talk about other genres, but, and these are people who have Grammy votes, mm-hmm. <laughs> And they don't think that hip hop is a real genre. Yeah. So what I'm just saying is, is that like that right there tells me that, yo, hip hop don't even get a chance. Like Lauren, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill winning album of the year. Speaker Box, The Love Below winning album of the year. Mm-hmm. They had like think about how far left they had to go to win it. Yeah. Yeah. Think about think about how like so what how I'm just saying is yeah, it had to be how non be how how or, how far left from rap it had to be. An experimental in in a sense with it like it had to sound like something else besides rap music. Yeah. So this project to me is the greatest album. One of well no, I'll say one of the greatest albums, but it's the greatest rap album. It's the greatest rap album of the past twenty years. Yep. Right? And one of the greatest albums of the past twenty years. Um this is our generation's fucking thriller. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna jump out the window and say it's better than Thriller because Thriller is Michael Jordan and my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is LeBron James. For me, for me with this, <laughs> why why that argument can be made is just the children and everything that stems from it and what became of our uh, the growth in our culture. From okay, it. so I don't wanna just throw words around. I want you guys to actually Tell me why you're saying these things because Thriller has getting okay. It's getting thrown. So I'm gonna go first. I think we, Danny. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you a second. All right. To think about what you had to say, right? I'm gonna go first because I know exactly what I'm saying, and I'm not saying that so you why, don't know what you're saying. I want Danny to think. So about I just want to position the question. All right, um, ask me. Why is it? Why do you? What makes you bring that comparison? To why thriller? is it compared to Thriller? Yeah. Well, I, for one, I didn't say that it's better than Thriller. I know. Okay. I, I know. I, I said it's our generation's Thriller, and I'm gonna tell you why. The anticipation. The rollout, the controversy, the music videos, um, the emotions that this album brought out of us, and the fact that when obviously we weren't born with Thriller Drop, right? But whenever I talk to people about Thriller, and when I talk to people about when they first heard Thriller, where they were when they first heard Thriller, and when I talk to people about when they first heard A Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, it feels the same. Because like it was like an event mm-hmm. for both of these projects, right? And then I'll also say this. The one up that I'll say that My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy has over Thriller is that Thriller wasn't an instant hit. The Thriller video came out and then it became uh, this big monster. Like obviously he's Michael J- Jackson, so like he, you know, he sells a million records like it's nothing. But like it became like this big monster and like that's why it competed like with the Eagles to this mm-hmm. day. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy from the day this album came out and like the anticipation like people were saying like this is the best thing since sliced bread that's the one up that I say that my beautiful fantasy has on Thriller people had to like go back and like understand like alright we see the video and we see everything that's going on and yeah we love this album this is the greatest thing since sliced bread Michael Jackson has changed the music but that was because of his Thriller video his video the, the Thriller video did more for that album 
even though the funny thing is, is that like as time goes on, that many people don't even enjoy the song Thriller. It's the video that adds to it. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's what happens with any major single for an album. Like any I major did, single okay. for an album, it kind of people get the album and they don't listen to the single. Well, what you I'm saying is that do you okay? See, now I feel like I am arguing against the album. I was trying not to. Wait, wait. Let me finish. My point to you is, is that the hysteria for that album didn't come until that video dropped. Okay. It wasn't because everybody was saying you gotta hit Thriller. It was like you gotta see Thriller. Yeah, it was a, it was a whole experience. It was an experience, right? So what I'm saying is, is that what Kanye West did with Runaway, like mind you, ladies and gentlemen, we haven't even started going track by track yet. This is how this is how deep we getting into it. Eli, I'm sorry, I know your arms is tired, baby. We working. I mean, this is Eli's camera right here, and I'm fucking ready. Yeah. So with that being said, I just want to make it clear. I'm not saying that my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is better than Thriller. I'm saying that it is our Thriller. Right? I can agree with. And now I want to give the floor to, to Danny. I'm, that's There's it. multiple reasons for that. And I will, I, that is probably a better definition of what it is. The reason also is because there's so many career defining moments for people on this album. Um, I think it's also, uh, especially with Nikki and what Nikki becomes, I think everybody finally recognized who Ross is with Devil in a New Dress. I felt like this is something that people who had been paying attention to Ross already knew was there, but people didn't accept until Kanye gave that cosign. This was also just a huge year for Ross. This was Teflon Don for Ross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and we have Raekwon on there, a person that we haven't heard at this fucking peak of himself and just sounding excited in hip-hop in so long we've gotten him bodying verses for a while because raekwon will pop up every here and there but raekwon didn't sound this excited for an album in how long yeah i mean well he, he was pretty monotone on the song he didn't sound excited but he sounded inspired rather inspired but he the way he would speak about these sessions about being with this and doing this for Kanye, yeah. Kanye, um, Kanye gave him Kanye gave him a whole beat tape, gave him a lot of shit. Yeah, we, we um, got him on a song with We Justin got the Bieber. commercial yeah. acceptance of Pusha as a solo, a solo artist too. So hold on, what's wait, 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 wait. Before you go there, we had the commercial acceptance of Pusha as a solo artist. Yeah, yeah, Runaway. Yeah. That's Runaway true. Runaway was Pusha's standout. That's true. Being presented as wanna, I'm the good music dude. I want to put that on hold because obviously we want to go track by track, right? Okay. Let's talk about how the fact that Kanye West thought to put together the RZA and Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. Even though Justin Bieber has never really listened to Wu-Tang, he had like admitted it, right? But the fact that he was able to put that think about think about pop culturally like because most girls say that they love two pet to uh Wu-Tang, but they can only tell you who the fuck Method Man is and old dirty bastard, right? Yeah. So the fact that he was able cream. to pair those two together and it be such a fucking magical song. Mm-hmm. Like, magical. Like, Justin Bieber and his angelic white Canadian voice. <laughs> when that fucking production was great, right? So, I just thought that, like, him doing that for Good Fridays, even though, like, the Beebs wasn't very well versed in Wu-Tang, I thought was pretty fucking brilliant. Yeah. It, and it was just, I think it was... It was another creative spark for for Kanye to do that, um, and I think it was it was another homage to uh, to Wu Tang because yeah. of the beat that he used. Um, His love letter. Yeah, so it was. But uh, 
But, you know, you wanted to go track for track or you want to just touch on I some, like, of, the, well, some the of the good, highlights of the this good album? Thing, the good thing is, is that uh, track for track is not that long, right? Um, because, let's see, we had the Good Friday songs. You want me to list off the Good Friday songs or no? Uh, yeah, 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 talk about them. All right, so we got the Power Remix with Hove and Swiss Beats and John Legend, right? He smoked Hove on that. He, sh- he sure did. Then, then we got Monster early. Yeah. We got Monster. Yo, wait, <laughs> like, we, think we, about that. We got Monster that early. We got to understand, like, what Monster I think that's when ears really, perked up and people started paying attention to Good Fridays. That, that's why I said, but perked up, but, but this is what I say, career-defining moments. Like, this is Mick, Nicki Minaj's really like, oh, no, she's not Hold for play-play. Play. I want to list these off, and then we're going to get into the track right. listing. Runaway Love uh, with Justin Bieber featuring Kanye West and Raekwon. Then we got the first version of Devil in a New Dress. Then we got Good Friday with Common, Pusha T, K. Cuddy, Big Sean, and Charlie Wilson. Mm, that's my Then control. we got Lord, 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 right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we got So Appalled. Oh. One thing I want to say about So Appalled, So Appalled literally got Saha to Prince his deal because when Beyonce heard it, she told him, you need to sign this boy. Yeah. Think, shout out to that, right? That line is crazy. If a God had an iPod, I'd be on his playlist. Right. Next, Christian Denim, Christian Dior Denim Flow. And then we found out that Kanye West was proclaiming that Lloyd Banks was the greatest rapper of all time. Oh, yeah. And he, he gave him a lot of shine with that drama. And I'm going to give Eli credit on this. Because Eli has saw that with 50 Cent like tweeted. And he said, oh, man, this nigga Lloyd Banks running around the studio talking about good music. Good music. Good music. <laughs> and Eli told me that at work. And I always thought that was funny. Then next we had Don't Stop. And that was the debut of Child Rebel Soldier. CRS. Okay. CRS. Um, take one for the team with Carrie Hilson, Pusha T, and Sahara Prince. I, that's a forgettable song, and I'm glad we didn't get that one. Mm-hmm. Take one for the team, right? Mm-hmm. Don't look down, featuring Most Death, Lupe Fiasco, and Big Sean. Then we got the Joy, right? And this is the original version of the Joy with Cur- uh, Curtis Mayfield, Charlie Wilson, Pete Rock, and K. Cuddy. Yeah. And then we got Looking for Trouble. And that was featuring J. Cole, and that J. was on a Friday night verse, and that was on a Friday night lights mixtape. Yo, yeah. can we can we talk about like I Okay. That J. Cole verse? Wow. Yeah. Because that was um Cole was already a favorited person. He wasn't on that many people's radar. It was post uh the um Friday night not Friday Night Lights. Uh the, the warm, warm up. up. And it was right before Friday Night Lights. And Cole came in and put his foot in that song's ass. Yeah. And Cole you guys know me. I'm not the biggest Cole fan, but when he features, he features, and he bodied that shit. And that okay. was when I was like, all right, Cole should be something. Then I was disappointed. Okay. And it just speaks to, but that also still speaks to the greatness of Kanye in this era because it was all a lead-in for Cole to do what he did. Mm-hmm. Like, even the production around it, the beat the beat dropping at the end the way that it did. Um, it's being the new star on Rockefeller, too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all of that shit. Yeah. Like he, Rock he Nation. Gave him, Rock Nation, sorry. He gave, him, he gave him that leeway to do what he did. And he didn't ask Cole till like, the very last minute for him to do that shit. I think, like, he did yeah. that shit, like, day of or some and shit. Cole had, like, three other really prominent features that year, I feel like. That was uh, not before looking for trouble. He had the most deaf and uh, the black star feature. He oh had. yeah, uh, reflection eternal. Reflection eternal. He yeah. that year he was just bodying features to begin with, mm-hmm. and yeah. people didn't catch that then. Like that mm-hmm. was his real yeah. first year of bodying features. 
Okay. Um, next song that we had was Chain Heavy, which was produced by um, Q-Tip. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that And it featured Consequence and Talib Kweli. And then we capped things off with Christmas in Harlem, which featured Cameron, Jim Jones, Vado, Sahada Prince, Pusha T, Music Soul Child, and Tiana Taylor. Oh, and Big Sean. I am sorry. Mm-hmm. So that's how we like capped it off. And that was like the final Good Friday song from the My, My Beautiful Dark Twisted. And it wasn't like a formal announcement that it's the last. It was just the last. Yeah, like I remember last, checking yeah. like weeks after that. Like, yo, we was is there another like, one? Like, I remember. So this is a lot of times where this is where I connect us starting um, Rap in Order is us first meeting around these times of us having wings over i feel like fucking good music friday good fridays was the beginning of it like where i first met y'all and that's where we started having these conversations is comparing these songs like yeah, i really yeah. feel like that's the beginning of our friendship so mm-hmm. i also add another that's another layer of why i fucking love this album so mm-hmm. much is right. because i feel like this is where we started all this yeah for me it, it started for me it is that like that like I could I could see that and I, I understand that. It's funny because obviously I like met James first, mm-hmm. <laughs> DJ Jamesy. And so like me and James will have this conversation and then Eli came to work with us. Mm-hmm. So then Eli was third and then we met Felix. And then when we met Felix, we met you but you were a dick. You yeah. didn't really want to be our friend at that time. <laughs> so we really didn't, like, I, I really, like, kept my distance from you at that time. And then I met Reg, who was also kind of mean to me, but then he warmed up to me. And um, then we started getting, then Danny cut his hair. When Danny had long hair, he was a fucking asshole. That's what it was. It was the long hair. I swear to you, I'm not making this up. Danny had long hair, and he was a fucking dick. He's like, Jim, he's like Puerto Rican Jim Morrison. So It's luxurious, though. Yeah, so like that's what happened, right? But yeah, so like that's kind of like how it began. Um, I started working at Levi's. I don't remember fucking year. I met James, and then I met I met Eli, and then I'm, and Felix came around, and then you know we got Reg. And shout out to some of the other guys, um, Christian Garcia, um, our boy Jamil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Oh yeah, uh, Christian Torres. Mm-hmm. You definitely Christian Torres. Love Christian Torres. Um, yeah, like you know we we were. Oh, you know what? Shout out to Ariel. Ariel, yeah. <laughs> remember, remember our manager, Ariel? Yeah, Shout, out to Ariel. Ariel Shout out to Ariel. I, like, Ariel is absolutely a de facto member mm-hmm. of the crew. <laughs> so, yeah, like, you know, we would sit in the stock room and talk about hip hop, but that, that was a good reference. But do you want to start getting into these tracks, right? Uh, yes, indeed, man. Um, this album kicks off with Dark Fantasy. Um, it's produced by RZA, uh, No ID. It got some production credit on there, and Mike Dean, and of course, Kanye himself. Beautiful production. You got some vo- some lead off vocals from Miss Onika Mirage, Nicki Minaj. Um, she kicks this off. We were worried about this before it happened. Like everybody was like, nah, nah, nah. The intro is Nicki. Yeah. All we knew is she's doing her British voice, and everybody was like, oh, yeah, that was like, like a we thing didn't know for her back then. First, or we didn't know what it was, but the hype was yeah. nah, Nicki because her album. The intro. We that's all we knew. Then her debut album come out this same year. It might have uh, the pink print. Mm-hmm. No, not the pink print. Pink Friday. Pink Friday. You might be right. I think Pink Friday came out this same year. Yes, it did. It came out. It came out the same day. Pink Friday came out the same day. This was big. Yo, like the, like I said, this was the coming out. Yeah. Like a lot of people like really monster. When we heard monster, like Nikki was already Nikki. We had itty bitty piggy freestyle. We already knew who Nikki was in New York. 
but I kind of feel like for the rest of the world, this was um, when Nikki came out for this and for Monster, it was like, all right, this is the HBIC for hip hop right now. Mm hmm. Like Absolutely, she, she there was no spot, and then nah, there was no arguing that. But uh, but what but what Kanye did on Dark Fantasy was special, man. Um, his rapping, I never heard him rap to this level, um, up until this point. Like before, I always liked Kanye as a rapper, but I didn't really praise him as like being this like you know, like top five MC. But like on this, like he sounds so polished. Like he sounds great on this song. The confidence from the RZA. And just being around Pete Rock and these, I think the energy. I, I really give credit to being around Pete Rock, Premier, and RZA mm. that, yeah. to give him that confidence because they were really, really, really giving him a lot of praise and like earned, like he earned their respect tremendously um, while recording this project. So I really think I really give credit to them like more than, than anyone. And he already like felt like he could keep like keep up with Jay. Like I think once he realized that he could keep up with Jay or or be just as witty as clever as Jay, mm-hmm. I think that like that like that like told him everything that he needed to know and impress Jay, and and that just gave him supreme confidence. And from what you said, that right there, there's one line that I feel sums that up exactly what you said. From you ain't song? got no fucking Yeezy in your Serato. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like that Like when he said that Was that moment Exactly what you just said That I could hold my own And that's the same impression I got when he dropped I was like Oh He, he wants this Like that was yeah. the moment Of the song I'm like Oh no Yeezy's right. yeah. Ye is going for this That's how yeah. he felt I definitely I definitely felt that way So Shot from the opening Of the song Nicki Minaj Um Nicki Minaj in her British accent, Nicki Minaj um, saying, reciting that poem, Kanye coming on there, and it just sounds like he's just in a car and he's just going. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was dope. Um, but what what do you think? You want to get into to the next song? Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous features Kid Cudi and Raekwon. Um, we kind of got a little preview of this when he hit High ninety seven, like I like I said earlier, mm-hmm. um, because he spit this verse. He spit one of the verses from from Gorgeous on there. Which Pusha was great. Couldn't believe that he did that. with Pusha. Um, they was hot. They was on some X or something. Like if you watch that shit, they were both zooted. They was gone. Like they just kept giggling and shit. It was so weird. Mm-hmm. But um, but all the more, this is a good. This is a great song. It's always a little. It was always a little off putting to me how his vocals sound on this song. But I'm sure it was probably on purpose. Uh, Kanye, his, his like. When he's rapping, it doesn't sound. It sounds like he's like kind of far away. He sounds like he's muffled almost. Yeah, it sounds like it's, it's like he's phone. on a phone. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think he did did that. I forgot what microphone it, that it said that he's used, but I think that was for like um, effect reasons on purpose. Mm-hmm. But what I think about was dopest on the, on this album is how he leaned on Cuddy so much because he said that he would just give like he'll be like yo Cuddy whatever hooks you can give me like here's the beats and like Cuddy would just come back to him like so like obviously Cuddy is not like a, a super athletic dude and like you know so he wouldn't like really press him about working out whenever they would have their sessions after breakfast so like Cuddy would go and like meditate and then go in the studio and like craft up these songs so I thought that that was like a really dope thing that like they they highlighted like when the RZA was he did one of his interviews he was like yeah Cuddy would go and meditate I would go lift weights <laughs> like yeah. everybody was like he's decent with, like everybody would do and he was like yeah you know Kanye would kind of go out there and like play basketball with like Saha mm-hmm. at the YMCA and shit like that I just thought that was really dope that like and you hear and when you when you hear Cuddy on the hook you definitely feel like yeah he definitely was sitting down with it sitting down Indian style coming up with this hook 
feel like also at this time, Cuddy was more acceptable to people because I feel like when Cuddy first came around, people weren't that into him, especially when then the 808s and Heartbreaks came around. A lot of people weren't that receptive to Ye at the time. It was a different sound. Change. Yeah. And I feel so like different. at this point, this is when we all understood the direction kind of already and embraced Cuddy more because he had already had his singles. Yeah. And he'd already been growing into 2008 his was big for Cuddy. This is the same year as uh, How to Make It in America too, right? Mm, you know? 2010, I don't yeah. remember. I, yeah. I think this is the same time. This is where he's becoming more of a household name. And at times, I feel like we really, a lot. I feel this album also opened people up to what 808 and Heartbreaks was. I feel a lot of people were closed off until they understood. Same the, year. Yeah. Yeah, February, the, right? Yeah, the the greatness of this album, I feel, what made people go back because I remember a lot of people did not like 808 and Heartbreaks originally, and then rehearing it after this, they were like, no, this is it. Especially coming down the pipeline and everything that gets introduced from 2010 on. Yeah, it's it it makes it easier to. Uh, Digest and understand what Cuddy meant for this soundscape, and let's be honest. At in the last, from this on, and for that three years prior, Cuddy is why a lot of people sounded the way they did, and a yeah, lot of people absolutely. came in the way they did, and why we respected a lot of people in the downtown shops and in New York. We, you, you got to understand that was a time of going to parties at fucking the rooftop of a life, going to supreme parties. And, mm-hmm being just around and shit and it, it was a different lifestyle back then when you just first yeah. saw ASAP Mob just the stickers everywhere mm-hmm. in the LES like it was a lifestyle back then what do you what did we uh, think of so Power is the next song on this album mm-hmm. um, and it was the lead single for this album it was the first taste of what would be on this album so like we had we had everything leading up to it with good fridays mm-hmm. but i i specifically remember hearing this song for the first time on you guys remember nicolebitchy.com mm-hmm. yeah of course I remember yeah, yeah, yeah 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 I, I heard this on nicole bitchy and i was like oh shit like it was the snl thing that stood out to me the beat the like how fucking eventful and how big it was it reminded me of like gladiator yeah so um I'm yeah sorry to cut you off good so this song was influenced by his time in Rome. From the way he shot the video to being kind of like a, a moving art. Mm-hmm. And even like the imagery in that. And like even um, what he chose to like talk about lyrically, right? Because he also had, I don't know why, but I guess he was like, he, he watched Malcolm X. And there's a prominent scene in that movie and in, in, in his book where... Malcolm X has all of the uh, the nation of Islam like in his like full control. Like whenever where when he says walk, they walk. Whenever he says stop, they stop. And the chief of police just yelled out, "No one man should have all that power." And I'm pretty sure he probably didn't say. That. He probably said, "No nigga should have all that power." But who knows, right? So Kanye saw that and like he really just wanted to really culminate that. And then also lyrically, uh, Kanye has gone on interviews to say like this was kind of like his. Uh, backhanded apology where yeah. like, he's acknowledging um his his mortality but he's also letting you know like yo i i have the world in the palm of my hand right now like y'all are eating out of my hand everything that i do y'all want to know what i do like y'all, y'all know y'all want to know mm-hmm. y'all know y'all want to find out what's going on what what i'm eating where i'm what i'm wearing who i'm fucking where i live everything that i do you guys want to know Anything that I want to say, anything that I want to say is dope that I like. You guys want to know, like I like I am must see TV. You need me, 
And it, it was kind of like him just acknowledging that and him kind of like embracing it. Even with John Legend singing on the hook was just amazing to me. On um, Power? Yeah. yeah. That's Dwelle. That's, no, no. John Legend has vocals on there too, I believe. No, that's Dwelle. I'm sorry. So then that's just the remix that John Legend's on? John Legend's on a remix? No, yeah, I he think. He has vocals on yeah, it. Yeah, he is, yeah. John Legend's know, on a I remix. I know on the right. There is a Power remix. No, nah, he's on a remix. Okay, no, nah, you're probably right. So I'm probably wrong. I'm thinking about John Legend being on the remix. Okay. And Dwelle is on the original version. Yeah. Dwelle is also a person who doesn't get enough respect, uh, but that's a, for a later conversation. Dwelle is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. He, he, really he has a lot of great work with Kanye, too. Yeah. He's from, um, he's great Detroit artist. Shout out to him. Um, um, but, but also, I want to say, though, as much shit as I give Kanye and as much shit as you guys have heard me talk shit on this power is the definitive Kanye I love in every way of understanding who he is and the confidence and just owning his shit. And I know is for all the shit I give him shit for, that may not make sense. But Power is such a song to me that is so from the visuals. The visuals is what always just first comes to mind. Yeah. That shit is so fucking amazing for the time and everything he did. He did nothing groundbreaking for necessarily art. But for what it was music-wise and hip-hop-wise, he's breaking doors in us understanding visuals and changing it up. And why it's so important. Yeah. And I feel like Kanye had always been that person where visuals were important. Mm -hmm. And this just continues it, but this power specifically took it to the next level. That's why he always wanted that recognition for it. But uh, it kind of, and it leads into the All of the Lights interlude, which is just the prelude. Son. To all of the lights. So can we can we talk about how legendary? So me and Danny about to say the same thing. What? Yo, first of all, the fact that like he was calling like he he said, "Yo, John, I just want you to play piano, mm-hmm. right?" Elton. So John Elton John comes in and plays piano, right? Then he gets over thirty artists to just pray, basically layer up their vocals on this song, and they said okay. Yeah. I don't think there's no way in hell that he told everybody that he's that like there's no way that he told a pregnant ass Alicia Keys that her vocals weren't going to be the main feature on this song. Yeah. I guarantee you that he lied to them. He literally had these artists in there like it was like we are the world. But I can hear I can hear Alicia Keys on this. Yes, song. of course we can. We can hear, we can hear Alicia. vocals for the OO. I feel like are her. Yeah, that is. We her. can we can hear Alicia yeah. Keys. We can hear Rihanna. We can hear Fergie. I'm just saying the fact that he got. Over thirty. Fergie people. fucking raps on it. Yeah, I'm just saying like it's crazy. Yeah. Kanye West got over thirty artists to get on this one song. This song didn't save Africa. This, this, this song didn't fucking get water and fucking this clean water his, in Michigan. This, this water didn't like fucking help people. This anything. is as close as it gets to "We Are the World" for him. Yes, like I'm just saying like this I song mean, didn't anybody, save anybody's who else life. Has gotten closer to "We Are the World" besides this. No, like you could that. think. No, yeah, they made they made they made attempts at they made attempts at we are the world Ooh, and shit like what that. Song, what song comes closer to it than this? Mm. I'm you just, talking about you talking about success so, wise. We're talking about songs right, yeah. that have been making it. Yeah. They they've made so, different variations yeah, of we made, are the world. Yeah. So all right, another thing. Did John? I've known this for a long time, but I just like a lot of our listeners might not know. Originally, this song was called Ghetto University, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drake is featured on it. Mm-hmm. Rick Ross originally put a verse on it, and the Kanye likes his verse so much, he said, I want your verse. It's on one of the Young Sweet Jones mixtapes. I don't think... Well, listeners, I know Danny heard me. Listen, I don't think y'all heard me. Kanye said to Rick Ross, I like this shit. So if you ever listen to the lyrics, 
and you you hear it, it has nothing to do with Kanye West. And if you rap it like like Rick Ross, it'd absolutely sound like a Ross verse. <laughs> rap it to yourself like Rick Ross. Um, yeah, uh, what you call it? MJ Gold. Yeah, I can hear it now. Yeah. <laughs> That's a um, person I have. But I, I like that uh shit, I'm about to lose my thought. Shit. That weed. Nah, I didn't smoke. I don't smoke. This time. Um like shit. <laughs> what the hell was my thought? Oh, oh. Um Wayne talked about Kanye's rapping style just from and he used this song as an example because he was saying that he kind of is envious of the fact that Kanye can do that where he can rap from from a perspective that you know is not related to him and Wayne said that he doesn't know how to do that like he can't do that and he referenced all of the lights because from what he's talking about this is not from a Kanye perspective Kanye didn't have baby a baby mother at the time yeah. Kanye did not have any law trouble at the time yeah. it's just something but we also give a lot of passes in that throughout history. We've also heard Nazi, you, you scribbled it from your notepad. You've witnessed from your folks' pad. Well, no, yeah, we was. do. That was we whole, had. Well, yeah, Nas, Nas has been also self-admitted. So as people like literally, like many rappers have been said that, oh, I'm not rapping what I did. I'm rapping what I saw. Mm-hmm. And this has been something throughout history of hip hop. Yeah. What's next, Rich? Uh, so. What I saw you guys had on All of the Lights, I mean, this song is... Uh, it's amazing. Like I said, it's one of the greatest songs of all time. It has over 30 artists on it. Uh, it's the We Are the World that didn't save any nation. Look, um, you, you you got a song with fucking Elton John. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, like that's next level shit that whatever genre you're in, not many people could say. That yeah. is the, like, god of pop rock. Yeah. When you really get down to it. Yeah, I feel like Red like, just wants to just to give you, this song more head. I mean, it's great. It's amazing. Song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just making sure I can I'm just trying on. to, so, yeah. Uh, so Monster, we talked about earlier, right? Uh, Monster features Jay-Z, Rick Ross, Nicki Minaj, and Bon Iver. Mm-hmm. Um, big, big song. It was already big when it came out on Good Friday, but I think the album version even took it to another level, if you can imagine yeah, that. Absolutely. It had more... Um, more ad libs, more attention to the detail on this. Um, Nikki's verse had more layers, and she talked about this too. Where uh, in an interview, I think she did with uh, Rob Markman. Shout out to Rob Markman. Um, he Rob. said she said something like, "Yo, like the version that he really wanted, I didn't like because he kind of double layered. He did so many stacks on my vocals." And he had like these monster sounds like in the back yeah. while she was rapping. And she said she didn't like that. But he was like, oh, just trust me. Like, it's going to go. And of course, like it did. And that whole like animated thing became Nikki for like the next five, six years I mean, look, after look, that. She pivoted on that mm-hmm. so well and made that such a remarkable point of her brand because she became like a caricature of this verse, though. Yeah, but it wasn't. Here's the thing. It, it wasn't. Nikki could already do this. This is just capitalizing up for the masses to understand what Nikki could do. And I feel like this is what we, I think a lot of the masses that didn't understand the itty bitty pig for, uh, piggy freestyles, that hadn't heard her on the Wayne mixtapes prior, that had only heard her commercial shit, this was their, oh no, she spits that shit too. And I feel like this, yes, it became a caricature of who she is, but I don't think that's a bad thing because I think Nikki should own it and have been able to pop into that pocket whenever she wanted. And but no, she like- did and it but it became a bad thing. It was a bad thing because and I think and I think she realized it 
when that high 97 incident i think she overdid it is what it is i don't think that's I don't why think, that's how yeah, it became a bad thing that's how it became a bad thing but i think she could have i don't think this song made it a bad thing i think what she did with it from there no was this bad. this song that's what i'm but that's what i said though this song it was after this song that it became a thing like she took this because this was so successful and, and i can't polar, blame her it's polarizing yeah it was so successful okay. that she took it somewhere she took it to another stratosphere like she started like <laughs> yeah yeah remember how like she like really took like that roman character really o- over the yeah. top and at that award show yeah she did like that whole thing where she was playing multiple like personalities Wait, and shit mm-hmm. like that did we also skip over the fact that the person that roman's named after is a fucking re- on record repeated statutory raper Roman Polanski that had yeah. to leave the United States and I think once once uh, reports started coming out about that she yeah. kind of just dropped and it and she kind of dropped it but that's on. what she kept going with for a long time even yeah. while the midst of that investigation mm-hmm. she was keeping this character well I mean that investigation like it's not an investigation he fled the country yeah <laughs> like yeah. like Roman Polanski <laughs> like he, he got charged back in the 70s um, one I don't thing that Rick Ross knows why he's on this song though to be honest <laughs> Nah, Rick, like he, like Kanye, act, like well, he Kanye had an tone. interview. He sets, he a, does tone. sets a tone. So for me, my, the one thing that I, I can say about this project, right, is, is that it definitely catapulted the the careers of Rick Ross and Nicki Minaj. Yes. It definitely put them in different in rare air. And you remember at this time, like remember, like Diddy was trying to for some reason he was helping on managing the both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was helping on managing Ross, and he was helping on managing Nicki. Nicki played him, and he didn't wind up managing Nicki. And Ross kind of like he was him and Ross like were around each other in, in a groove at that time, and that's how we got Teflon Dawn as well. And I think he kind of like helped Ross like as far as like what to wear and like the energy that he needed to have as far as to be like the, the to further his persona that he was already creating as the biggest boss, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ross has already said he he yeah. brings Diddy around every time he's ready to drop an album. He just wants to hear Diddy's information. Diddy's right. Interview. So I mean, most artists do. Yeah. I just think that. This uh, and then I'll also say this, right? Saha the Prince hasn't had crazy success, but this album did wonders for his career as well because because now he's in the music industry. He's so I'm not and like you know, um, no church on Sundays. His project that came out was critically acclaimed. So I'm not gonna say that it did the same thing for like like it did like what it did for like Rick Ross that it did for um, you. It did that. I'm not gonna say that. This album did for Sahide Prince what it did for Rick Ross and Nicki Minaj. Yeah, but this album absolutely like did you know wonders. It did amazing things for the both of them, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. people people forget uh, this year after this drop, Sahide had an underground album that dropped that he got critical praise for, called Jack of All Trades, and it's literally each song is him doing a different career, and that's why he's a jack of all trades, and it got. There was a significant look at that just because of this song where people would have not paid attention to him at all. And he got one of the top highest reviews of underground albums that year for that project. And that's what I mean. And all in all, that's what a Kanye uh, assist does. Right. I mean, Kanye has been really good at that from the very beginning of his career of like seeing who's popping at the time and putting them on his album. Mm -hmm. Like like if you just want a timeline of how rap has been since since 04 when he debuted you can just look at all his albums and see who was pop and you can spot who was popping at the time on each album it's kind of the blueprint drake took all right so the other day me and this girl was getting into the mood and she told me you know i need to uh 
you know, uh, trim the yard. Oh, damn. And I don't, you know, do you have any recommendations? You know what? Funny you say that because I got in a similar situation. I had to do some digging. I found some shit, bro. I got to put you on. Please do. It's called Manscaped. And Manscaped gave us a code that I want you to use. You can get 20% off, bro. Get out of here. Y'all too. Wrap in order 20. You use that. You go to manscaped.com. Get 20% off your order. Wow. She is going to be so happy. And, you know, she won't have no hair on her teeth. And your balls will thank you. <laughs> After Monster, of course, uh, we have another track that was a Good Friday feature, which is So Appalled. So Appalled, so Appalled is a uh, feature Swiss Beats, Jay-Z, Pusha T, Saha, and RZA. This was one of those songs that everybody really got hyped. Like, everybody got hyped for, you know, the, the Friday things. But when you heard you had Jay-Z on a track with all these dudes... And Jay, at the time, he just came through with that fucking beautifully timed uh, Batman reference in his mm. verse. Like, it just added to it with the uh, Dark Knight feeling, die or be the hero, or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, we had the Sci High coming out with, uh, I am so outrageous. If God had an iPod, I'd be on his playlist. Mm-hmm. Like, just them coming off of... That, because my biggest thing, what, what was most amazing for me as just a hip hop fan is we got fucking Jay-Z on a RZA production. Mm-hmm. When in your fucking life did you ever think you would really hear Jay over RZA, the Abbott? Like, like, and I know a lot of us are, are reignitioning or reigniting our love with um, Wu-Tang because of the show and everything, but not nah, dead well, ass. Correction, though, RZA didn't produce this. But RZA was part of the production process on it, no? No. No? This was all Kanye, No ID, oh, and Swiss well, Beats. I'm shutting up, but, but it he's sounded on the amazing. Track with RZA. The fucking ridiculous. Yeah, he's on the track with him. Um, it was a it was a great song. This song this song was great. I back then I didn't like it as much, honestly. I know. Um, I, feel, I feel like we've had this conversation yeah, before, and you've come to like, like it, it now. Much. I do like it now. Um, the production I always loved. But um, back then, it just wasn't. Even when it dropped as a, um, even when it dropped as a Lucy for Good Friday, I was like, all right, you know. I think I think you know whose verse has actually grown on me throughout the years. Actually, pushes. You didn't like pushes verse? No, no, no. It was just so outshined by the J and the um, mm-hmm. High verse. That Jay's verses when when Jay's verses no 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 Jay's verse for when it can't yeah. Yeah, that shit, the, 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 the Dark Knight tie-in is because at the time, and I, for one, and I'm on record and I still do, bash Jay-Z when he does shit that I don't agree with, and, and he was getting a lot of bashing at the time because a lot of his shit was mid at the time. Like what? What was mid? Uh, that was right after um, either Blueprint 3 or whatever mid-album Yeah, Blueprint was. 3 was 2009. Yeah, and then that shit was not it in yeah. any way, shape, or form. And I think... Uh, he has some moments on there. He, had he got moments. his first number one song no, look, on that look, album. Look, look, look. Jay-Z has never not had moments on any album. Even an album I don't like, Jay-Z has moments on. But let's be honest, that's one of his weaker presentings for an album, period. Yeah, no, it is. And and as a Jay fan, nah, this coming, they, him approaching this track like that, I felt like, I was like, oh, we got to reinvigor Jay uh, back. Yeah. No, he sounds great on this. Um, 
Uh, Saha had his moment on this, of course, like you mentioned. Um, I think he was set up to have that moment on this, which he did. He delivered. Uh, but we'll get into Devil in a New Dress. Features Rick Ross. It's produced by Bink and Mike Dean, who we've seen fight over who produced what on this song for years now. Ross yeah. has the um, verse of the album. Yeah, he does. Yes. He a had, lot of people he, say that is, is Nicki Minaj's monster verse. Nah, it's Rick Ross' Devil in a New Dress. Well, yes. no, I no, I will say it's Nicki. It is no, definitely Nicki. No, no, Nicki no. has the verse on Nicki has album. a standout verse, but this is the come out verse for Ross that everybody is like, Ross is a different. It's a come out verse level. for Nicki. It's a come out verse for both of them, but I'm going to tell you right now that uh, to me, Ross's verse is more prominent, and I'm going to tell you why. I like Ross's Ross, verse more. Ross, is, I, yeah, right. I, I think everybody does. I just think that Nicki's is memorable because, like, basically, she's on a song with Kanye West and Jay Z, and she kind of like makes them step into it's like she can step into a world that they can't step into because mm-hmm. basically she she raps like a maniac, right? And they they kind of. They did it, but it wasn't as believable with Nicki Minaj. We think that she's like a fucking psycho queens bitch. So that's the thing. But Rick Ross, and this makes me think about <laughs> when me and Rez were just going back and forth about the other night, right? So I was kind of like saying, like, I'm about to make my bid while this album is so great, right? Mm-hmm. And I sent Reg the video of Chris Rock saying that this is the greatest album of all time. Obviously, I think that there are other albums that are better that have come out in the lifetime of music. But I do think that this album is the greatest rap album of the past 20 years and is one of the top five greatest rap albums of the 20 uh, period, like period. no genre yep. of the past 20 years. Right. So um, with that being said, Rick Ross's verse on here is amazing and then it also like and then it culminates to Chris Rock like obviously he's a he's a uh, slave of the moment when he was on Rick Ross's album he said Rick Ross is the greatest rapper alive this Mm -hmm. and that but this is my argument for to defend Chris Rock and what he's saying give me a whack Rick Ross verse or tell me when Rick Ross doesn't deliver Mm-hmm. Tell me when Rick Ross doesn't get on a, on a track with a rapper and not hold his own. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that he's the greatest rapper alive, but what I'm saying is is that he rises to the occasion every single time. And mind you, he got a late start. Ross is one. Yeah, he came. He he didn't he didn't he didn't get he didn't get pop until he was in his thirties. Yeah, like he's a late bloomer. So I'm just saying. Ross is an entity that became an ent- came in an entity, maintained his entity, and who he was. A lot of people didn't respect it at first, and then as he grew and grew more in stature and album quality, because he's somebody who came in, he delivered a quality product with Port of Miami, especially for the time we were all in. Every album he's gotten, except I maybe did his not last like one, the way he rapped back then. Yes, but every album except maybe his last one has shown growth, exponential growth in yeah. Ross as an artist, what he's willing to do, the way he's willing to rap, the way he's willing to challenge himself as a rapper. Mm-hmm. Rick Ross is one of the most underrated people. And I feel like this, exactly like Torian said, this was the moment the world took him apart from, ah, he's just that Port of Miami dude. And this was the year of Teflon Don. This mm-hmm. was everything. And I feel like this was his coming out party. He's like, oh, you, you, you knew I was good. Now y'all gonna know I'm nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, this was this was a very important moment for Ross. I still think that Nicki has the highlight of this album. I don't. But a lot of people, a lot of people will say that. But I guess just for me, just as a rap fan, mm-hmm. um, and like more of like a rap purist, I, I just feel that Ross stole the show. I love. Song. I mean, I love Ross's verse. I think Ross. 
Yeah, the way every everything like think. All right, let's move on from Ross. Let's move on from Ross. Let's talk about just the video. Period. Right. Um, it's a hype Williams video. What video are you talking about? Runaway. Mm-hmm. Runaway. Oh shit! Yeah. I'm drunk, gal. You're we drunk. still on yeah, Devil and New Jersey. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. My bad. He's still, he, Ross has that. His verse has a video. Yeah, he just shot a. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he like, just yeah. shot a video on his own. Very smooth. Shout out to Off the Record Fern Beasy on the side, though. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys, I had I had a moment. Um, yes, he had a video where he's just in the car, he's driving, and he's rapping his verse, and I just think that that's amazing. Um, also, I feel like we, best verse, I feel like uh, wasn't there like two or three versions of his verse at the time when it first dropped or something? There was a couple. Ver- there was a couple versions. I remember when Kanye was still completing this album, and mm-hmm. he tweeted about um, being in the house dancing to Ross's verse. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, I'm in my house, I'm dancing on marble floors." Because Ross, it's more. Dr- it's amazing because yeah. he had like a more dramatic entrance. He had he had like different dramatic entrances. Your hand, and it was very very interesting. To like hear like the different ways of what Kanye was doing, and think about it, this was before like streaming was like huge. Spotify was a thing at this time, but it wasn't huge yet. It wasn't like Man. the way it is now. So Kanye was trying to like update the album as he went, but like there's people, and like this has happened like quite a few times in the past before streaming. Like people, where people will have different versions of an album. Mm-hmm. You know what's amazing though, if you really think about it, Ross needed this in the sense of. Ross's albums post this is when he really got into his cinematic shit mm-hmm. and creating whole worlds or sounding like he's a soundtrack to a movie. Mm-hmm. And that's always been the allure of fucking Ross is that Ross can fucking talk about anything and just make it sound like, oh shit, we're watching a Scorsese flick and he's just talking shit in the background, dictating it. It's scored, yeah, it's all scored like very well. Yeah. Um and, and that's what Ross does. But, but I uh, feel like this is this is this is the branch where we finally felt it. And because he'd also admitted the shit that came out Teflon Don though too was part of things he'd already been working with Kanye on. Mm-hmm. In the past, yeah. so th- like I, I finally get more and more what I, I'm leaning as a person who felt this was Nikki's coming out party. As Torian said it, I feel more and more not. This was where Ross became Ross. I mean, I think it's both, but I just think I just think for Nikki it was a bigger moment. That's all, and and you can and you can counter that to oh it's because Jay Z is it was because she's on a song with Jay Z and she's on a song with Pusha T and well not Pusha T but uh. Jay Z, Ross, and Kanye—that it shines. Yeah. Even more reason. I mean, Pusha T. This coming out party for him to speak for the next record. Yeah. So like, let's, let's say it now. Let's get into the next song. What word? So uh, the next song is "Runaway." "Runaway" features Pusha T. Um, "Runaway" is nine minutes long, but uh, so much goes into that. It's the instrumentation. It's the break that you have at the end with just like the gibberish that kind of still makes up in this song. Um, it's a beautiful record Beautiful verse from Pusha Great lead in from Kanye This is one of the most toxic songs In the life of I love that uh, And it has such a classic iconic moment right? Mm-hmm. Where he debuts it at the um, VMAs A year after the whole Taylor Swift gate That salmon suit that Pusha wears, came out in though Yeah and Kanye has on the all red He comes out on stage Nobody knows what he's going to do But you just hear those keys and he leads into the record and I don't and I think the crowd didn't really know where he was going until the chorus like toast for the douchebags like it just felt 
like a moment coming off of the last year that he had. Like, kind of like he's, it was like he was apologetic, but he wasn't because it's like he's still celebrating himself. Nah, because that first opening, one of those first lines is, all right, all right, I did it. You could learn to live or leave with it. Oh, you talking about Pusha? Like, 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 no, it's just overall, it's just it that was, whole song, everything of it is the same. Yeah. It was the backhanded it's, apology kind of thing from Kanye, though. Yeah, yeah, is what absolutely. he was doing. Like, basically, like, Kanye, Kanye knew, like, all right, cool. I ain't mean to hurt that white girl's feelings, but y'all not gonna tell she me that the Taylor train. Swift. I can't, yo. Somebody tell me right now the name of that fucking Taylor Swift video that beat out single ladies. I don't know, but I automatically think it's a red flag when Taylor Swift is a girl's favorite artist. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I feel you. But I, the point that I'm just making is is that yeah, like he he's like yo. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings and I took your moment. But think about Beyonce, who has over a hundred videos and under he her belt right that. now. He would have did that to anybody. I don't think yeah. it was just her. Yeah, I think I think if Hov would have won over Beyonce, he'd have went on the stage. He might have. You gotta relax. You. I don't think. I don't think if Hov won, he was jumping off of the stage. You, man enough, he would have been like, "Yo, Hov, you know you gotta get that." Yeah, to I your think girl. on the side, he would have been like, "Yo, Yo Hov, you gotta get that to your girl." All I'm saying is, is that single ladies was great, but yeah, single ladies nah. at that time was such a polarizing song and polarizing video that if he didn't stand up for her, it would have been like you want to know. It's funny. Imagine if he didn't rush the stage. Yeah, we wouldn't have got we, this album. We, we wouldn't have got this album, number one. We wouldn't have got this no, album. We wouldn't have got a breakdown of everything in a lot of the fucking ways Grammys broken down. Or rather, for our generation to understand how Grammys is broken down. Nah, we still would have got that. Because, I mean, like, artists would always get fed up and always boycott the Grammys somehow, some way, right? But what I'm saying is is that what it, what it, it's the things that happen from it, like, I, I think, like, because of this shit... I know that there was a beehive that existed prior to this, and I, I want to say the beehive was birthed with the the album that Single Ladies was on. Mm-hmm. But I really think that the beehive really got out of pocket and really started getting crazy after Kanye rushed the shades. It was like, oh, so we can just wild out whenever we feel like our, our girl ain't getting her due. Like I really feel like the beehive is is our clones of Kanye West rushing the stage. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me the lie. What's funny Tell me the I lie that, 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 that the Beehive that. is literally just, just a bunch of Kanye West. Kanye West clones just running at a stage. I guess he was all throwing at it. Tell me the lie. I went to Baychella. I saw it firsthand, bro. Like, they was out there for Beyonce. They, they was out there in the desert. They didn't give a fuck about those other artists. Like, was, was Beyonce before the Navy? I thought the Navy was first, and Beyonce is the, the, just the took it beyond, beyond the Beehive. I don't fucking remember, but all I know I is the that the Rihanna. Re- I think the Navy was first, and the Beehive she, she was in battle. Was like, Rihanna was in Battleship. Was Rihanna was in Battleship. Yeah. All I'm saying is, I don't know when the fuck the, the Rihanna Navy started or whatever like that, but I know that the Beehive is fucking strong. Now oh, fear yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now the I mean, Kanye, I fear, yeah, I fear yeah, the yeah. Beehive. Yeah. As you should. But right. uh, but okay, so we'll get we'll get into hell of a life. Oh wait, one one other thing before that. Um, when Kanye and Pusha started working together, this was Kanye was one of the, Pharrell has never even told Pusha to do his verse over. Kanye made Pusha do his verse over nine times. Mm-hmm. To because he was like, yo, I need you to be more of an asshole. I need you to be more of a dick. You just told me you and a girl broke up. <laughs> mm. Like imagine that Like Pusha looking at him like What you just say to me You just told me You and a girl broke up 
Push has talked about that moment too a lot of times and how his it's it's changed out how he how he raps. Yeah, like oh wait, be a douchebag and do this shit. Yeah, over, yeah. Right? he yeah. was just like, he was like yo, be it like nah, you're not a douchebag. This is this is shit. What is yeah. this? It's mm. like you don't I, I don't believe it. You're yeah. a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like imagine that he's like yo, yeah, 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 yeah. you're too fucking nice for me right yo. now. <laughs> Tell me what you told me about that bitch in the other, in the car the other day. Like, like, Push is like fucking somebody else. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel really? Yeah. Um, but next song. All right. Next song is Hell of a Life. Hell of a Life is, uh, of course, is produced by Kanye. Um, and no idea, Mike Dean. Uh, Kanye is addicted to porn, right? He has a porn addiction. He, he at, at talked this about time, this. Yeah, he talked about yeah. it He's talked about this a lot. Watching porn on, on fucking airplanes. Yeah. He's talked about this a lot. Um, I think it goes back to even... What's that? 2005 late registration. He has a song on there yeah. called "Addiction." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that, and this is just an extension of and that. Just his use of, of porn stars in his rhymes, in his videos, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. going out and showing up to events with porn stars. Yeah, he's kind of lived it. I think that I think that's also um, one of the elements of him um, becoming so religious now and repenting um, because I think he felt guilty. But I also want to talk about how this song. This is the song that is about Amber Rose. And well, yeah, them I linking think, up and meeting yeah. each other. Because they met on the set. Well, no, like it's it's confirmed. Like he he when he performed in Philly and he performed this song, he said that um thank you, Philadelphia, for making the the person that this song is dedicated to. Mm. And they met on the on the set of his video for Robocop for Italy and Heartbreaks. I don't I think it like came out but like only on Kanyewest.com or whatever like form he had. I forgot what at that time. Yeah, you could see it all right? yeah, his blog. On his blog, right? I think yeah, and in retrospect, like he didn't see kind I mean, he didn't see Ember Rose as like an equal at all. She was just like a She was an object. She was an object. Yeah, she was. Yes, if we if we go into this really like yeah, like when and she when she was with him, you we never even heard her speak. We never yeah. heard her speak and then she's also been interviewed saying how he pretty much would like rip her a new one telling her like you really going to wear that? Do you know who you like I'm Kanye West, you can't like go outside wearing that. And like how he would pretty much like like verbally like beat her down right and and the funny thing is is that like Kim but Kim said it in like a more endearing way where she said like Kanye has like he redid my entire wardrobe mm-hmm. he redid my closet like he has like revamped everything right yeah so with that being said I think that that was really interesting because it's like he I guess he was nicer to Kim about it than he was to Amber about it but like mm-hmm. I guess because of Amber and like her background being from Philly mm-hmm. I guess he kind of felt he didn't owe her that yeah I mean, yeah maybe it's just also growth I think well, I, yeah, that that's true too. I think it's both. I don't think so. I I, I, I think, think it's I don't both. think I don't think he gave a fuck about Amber. I think he felt like, bitch, you from Philadelphia, you was fucking like stripping. you've never lived no, like that. This does, that doesn't mean that just because he didn't give a fuck doesn't mean that he didn't learn how to communicate better through his dealings with her. He could have not given a fuck. Yes, but also, but also no, understood. because we see how he's played out on social media, oh, but like throughout yes, the years. Yeah. He's gotten. I, he don't worse. respect Amber, bro. Yeah, <laughs> he's gotten worse on social media. I mean, especially them. I think it's obvious when you go into the next song too, because I feel like that song's kind of been like a big of how their relationships is left when you get to the blame game. Yeah. So when blame game. Blame game features John Legend, um, and there's a lot of different interpretations of this song. A lot right. of people Whew. did think that this song's you know, toxic. That it was about Amber Rose. 
who he was still with at the time. Um, yeah, nah. And a lot of people thought that that was Amber Rose at the end. That's mm-hmm. going like Easy told me that's that's actually oh, no, not no, her no, voice. Yeah. I think they were. I think that at mm-hmm. this time they were probably on the rocks and going through it. And he was also like courting Kim at this time. But I, when Amber pointed out all of the facts on everyday struggle about why it's not her, she was like, "I don't have an older brother." She said, "Both of my brothers are like." Kids, yeah. they're still teenagers. Yeah. Um, and then, like, she said, like, yo, I never cheated on anybody I did. And I believe her. I'm not going to say that she's a liar. Um, I just think that uh, a lot of people in Kanye's camp wasn't feeling Amber. And it was a lot easier for Kanye to not, to, to see Amber as somebody that he created or he made versus as seen as his equal. Like, so I think it was easier for him to, like, discard her like trash in that way. Um, but I think that Kanye played up that people would think that the song was about Amber. Oh, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I think that he, like, his brilliance did that. And I think that he knew that he could play on that. And people ate it up. And people talk about it till this day. And the one thing that I'll say is, is that no one ever asks Kanye is blame game about Amber. But everybody asks Amber is blame game about her. And that and that tells me everything that I need to know what Kanye is controlling the narrative. And you know for a fact that he just knew what this song would do. And, like, it's amazing. Like, John Legend sings his fucking heart out. Yeah. And Kanye, I don't know if he got that Hennessy bottle back that he had to be amazing <laughs> or not. But when I tell you that he rapped his ass off on this song and, like, painted a picture that I feel like all of us have felt at least a smidgen of this it. This is, I feel like... He did it. I feel like this so is... For a lot this, of us. I feel like this is a musical... Annotation of the moment you need you need to leave a relationship, if that makes sense. Um, I feel like there's there's well, certain things like, he says. Like, wait, I feel like you if if it take if you if you wait till this point. No, no, no. Where no. this song is at, and you realize maybe I should leave. You don't it's know how to music. take red flags. I, yeah, I agree. But I feel like for a lot of people, this is an understanding of at that moment, like, oh shit, this shit we grew up on isn't necessarily mentally healthy. Like, I feel like a lot of us at the time also grew up on the Love Joneses, the, all these toxic relationships that we... And this is kind of also a beginning of mental health being uh, spoke about in our communities, too, with this. Because I feel like Kanye came off crazy a lot of times and people started talking about mental health at this point, especially diving into relationships and the shit that came out of Ambrose's mouth about it after. Mm-hmm. And the way he carried himself after. Um, I think this is like, holy fuck, this is like a lot of people's, no, this shit's not healthy. And I feel like a lot of people carry this song as like, oh, no, you know, like, I love you. I hate you. Like, it reminds them of their, and nah, that's not good. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Uh, person this song reminds you of, stay the fuck away from. Yeah, that's very true. That's as simple as that. Chris Rock's outro. Mm Mm-hmm is one of the most amazing outros I've ever heard on a rap album in my life to a song. Because Chris Rock, for one, said that he was in in the booth for like hours and Kanye was just like feeding him things to say. He was just like, say this, say that. And when I tell you like, like, Chris Rock was just in there just blacking. Like, Chris Chris Rock was in there, like, levitating. I, I want to, like, kind of, like, take the approach. I've side of Pussy Town. Yeah. I want to, like, he, he said, like, did you get your pussy reposted? I, like, it, it was just great. And, like, I like, I remember re- reading the review by Big Ghostface. 
Yeah. And wow. then Ghostface's <laughs> review of this album is amazing because like he basically was just like like he would just describe it everyone is turning into like uh one of the fucking dinosaurs from Power Rangers just like <laughs> blasting off like <laughs> flying to Mars and shit like that coming back yep. and just going into the booth in Hawaii you done went all it. porno on a yep. nigga okay <laughs> sidetrack when Ghost used to rate shit's like yo this was five backflips into a backhand smack of a great album <laughs> that was great yo shout out to Big Ghost because those were great fucking reviews. Nah, I enjoyed the fuck out of them, but um, yeah, like this, Chris Rock just, he just got in the booth and he just levitated. Like, he just went to like another place and I also think Chris Rock was going through his own divorce mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris Rock was just like, yo, you know what? You know, let's go. Let's go. Let's just go. Let's just fucking go. And he was just black and he was like, I needed to get to Hawaii, nigga. Like, I'm not <laughs> Ray Paulston pussy. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, man. It um, yeah, it's a classic, classic fucking Yo, intro, man. Never in the history of pussy, though. Yeah. Nah. I never been. I never knew this party of pussy before. <laughs> wow. Um, Lost in the World follows that. Mm. Features Bon Iver. <laughs> yep. Uh, it is the poem that he wrote. That that was to, Con, to Kim to his yeah. to Kim Kardashian, um, who is his. Let me. I'm gonna say one thing. They're getting divorced, but I actually absolutely think that they're just going to like date. Yeah. <laughs> like I think like they might see other people from time to time, but they're always going to like come back to each other because I I feel that like they are like. Kim is Kanye's one true love and he sees it as like the woman that's like his like his his twin flame. He just is just gonna like you know raise his children and just do right by her he gave her four kids mm-hmm. and you know that that's just the end of it because you could tell every time they see each other like that they like are in love with one another any any person that comes around still got to deal with the fact that <laughs> all four kids mm-hmm. are his yeah and yeah, yeah. i think i think it, unless like she does like where her mom did like and like meets like fucking lebron <laughs> like like <laughs> Like <laughs> in Pusher's words, you could love or leave with it. Yeah, like it's it. Like that's it, man. Like yeah. that's who she's gonna be with. But um, uh, yeah, I just love this. Is a beautiful song, and it's funny because every time I think about this song, all I could think about is the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade when he got booed. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I, think, I forgot all about that shit. I think also when this first dropped, I think a lot of people did not know how to handle. Oh, and that was post Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, that that was only because of that. People because still, people still were like giving him really a hard time. People really still support but this. Think about fucking you performing at the Thanksgiving Day Parade, bro. He would have got he would have gotten a much harder time if this happened in this era. Like right. that Taylor Swift thing happened in this era, bro. Thank God Taylor Swift is winding down, and and we can all fucking move on from Taylor Swift because she's not trash. winding down. Oh God, I hope so. Mm. Shout she's out still out Brown. here. She's still out here. I don't. I don't really listen to her, but she's still out here. That's um, well, who will survive in America? Follows that. Gil um, Scott, Gil Scott Heron. Heron. Um, great, great sample from him. Um, it's a great wrap up. Yeah, it is for the whole it album is. for for that transition of what you've been hearing of those last two songs to then going to that Gil Scott Heron fucking. It's that's beautiful, and that'd be the way you just. Tie it up. Yo, this album really is the best hip-hop album in the last 20 years. There's only yeah. one album I put remotely in the realm of this. Good Kid, Mad City. Good Kid, Mad City. Mm. Mm. He um, he performed this at Gil Scott's memorial, actually. He performed this and he performed... um. 
Shit, what was the other shit he performed? Yo, you the, talking about 808s and Heartbreak? No, he performed Lost in the World. Yeah, that was that's what it, he performed Lost in the World and Who Will Survive in America. At, mm. uh, Can we make an agreement? As when he performs service. this, the 20th anniversary, this album, we're going. I really regret. I, so I got so nostalgic. I feel like I watched, he detaches from all his albums, though. Yeah, I, I watched. Uh, I think this is one. He well, you know, you that. do remember like he did like, on the, the tenth. I think it was the ten year anniversary. Of Eight and Heartbreaks. He performed oh, in LA. Mm-hmm. with L L A. I really regret at this time that I that I didn't make it to Coachella when he was wearing the Celine shirt. Mm-hmm. I I really regret not making it to Coachella that year that he performed because I watched it on YouTube. I watched the whole hour. I just watched mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um. And when I tell you, like, he went through his run of hits, and I understand that, like, some people say, like, yo, a versus with him and Drake, Drake would absolutely beat Kanye. Kanye. It's hard. Performed. Kanye performed, and the only feature that he had was Pusha T to do Runaway at the end. That was it. He performed, like, he just went through the whole hour set. And that also showed me that nigga's condition is immaculate. Then, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know now. But when know. he in, in twenty at twenty eleven Coachella, that nigga was in shape because that nigga was on that stage by him fucking self. Because twenty twenty, he usually in that Atlanta himself, center. Though. He didn't look that in shape to me. He usually performs by himself yeah. on stage. Oh, I'm just saying though. Like, no, he's of that I era was, though. Yeah. He's yeah. of that era of being able to perform yeah. and maintain a stage. That's another thing. Like, like that's why also I think Kanye is so much more of a monumental artist because he's in the middle of. Both eras. So while he's been able to reintroduce this constant new sound to us that we've gotten used to every other album, he is still giving us and touching what we grew up on. That we, as in that 30 year old range, 33 year old range, understand and love more and more. Because he's been able to not only do it for this generation and be that person in this generation, but he's grabbed everyone from our generation that we looked up to. Before even our generation worked with them and came through consistently, Kanye mm-hmm. is probably mm-hmm. in our lifetime the most consistent artist we've seen. Uh, he just is. A, and just a quick FYI, uh, Drake's Coachella performance was fucking horrible. Oh, Drake couldn't. Yo, yo, yo! Drake could not perform his fe- his first. Fe- Drake couldn't perform to like. Oh yeah, remember the if Drake you're hand? watching this, it's too late. Maybe yeah. remember the Drake hand. Yeah, yeah. If you're reading yeah. this, it's too late. Might have been the first, the first tour that Drake was like, Drake oh, hand. but um. Yeah, um, let's rate this fucking album. I, I like. I feel like we all on consistent. Five out of five, right? Five out of five. Six right. out of five. Fuck that. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with a five out of five for this one. Um, I mean, there's a lot of history and a lot of moments on this album that just like coincide with the music, and you can't have one without the other. It's yo, you guys have heard me talk shit about Kanye so much. You've heard me shit on Kanye so much. This is this is one of the albums that absolutely not. This is amazing. This is. The reason the culture is the culture, like part of it right now, the reason why we have the artists we have right now, Kanye hands down is the most influential artist of our lives that we've been able to really experience. That's true, because when you think about it, Michael Jackson, like we like Michael Jackson was who like our parents experienced, exactly. right? So like obviously like we experienced because Michael Jackson was in the nineties and everything like that. But Kanye West from two thousand and four till now is the artist that like came out and kinda like I, I would assume that most most of us didn't become fucking kingpin drug dealers, right? I'm here. <laughs> so my thing is is just that like Kanye West was kind of like the everyman as far as like an artist, right? So all of us could like find something to relate to. Reg is from the Midwest, right? 
So that made him like feel like proud that Kanye West was from the Midwest, even though like Michigan and Illinois be having like they I, beef and they little rivalry and shit like that, right? That's because they sit right? that far from each I'm, other. I'm, okay, I just I'm, I'm just I'm just four giving hours it. apart. It just looks that way on the map. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm just giving my little breakdowns, right? So Danny, who is a lover of '70s soul music, right, heard Kanye samples. And was it like fell in love with that? What he did with Kanye, what Kanye was able to do with that, right? Mm-hmm. Myself, who is a pure lover of rapidly rap, rap, rap shit, and the way Kanye came out on his backpacker shit, and basically putting fucking Talib Kweli and Jay Z on the same fucking song, right? Kanye West is just like the the fucking love child of. Everything that like hip hop is supposed to be, like is it, is it, like a tribe called Quest, Public Enemy, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, all got together, had a consensual orgy, <laughs> and fucking birthed Kanye West. <laughs> I'm on the AO so bad, but it makes so much sense. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Like, I just really just wanted to just just say that shit. And I know some people might be like, yo, T, what the fuck are you saying They're right going to say pause first Yeah, of all. they're going to say pause, right? And I'm going to say, yeah, pause. But what I'm just saying is just that what he was able to give us, what he's giving us, <laughs> yeah, pause. It's, it's given classic. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm gonna say is I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna leave it at that. It's fucking good. It's fucking good music, okay? It's the gabagool, okay? It's the gabagool, alright? So it's the gabagool of fucking wrap, good music. You want me? We're gonna wrap this up. We're at five, right? All around? Yeah, five. Five wobbles out of five, five baby. Okay. I'm first class, man. <laughs> and I'm fucking gabagool tea. <laughs> You fucking. <laughs> <laughs> we out. We, we out. out. Thank you. What are you gonna do?